I saw Strange World in theaters and was snoozing. <laughs> yeah, my I, uh, my mom went to see that in theaters when I was home. They're like, "You want to come?" I was like, "Fuck no." What was what was uh, Amy's review of Strange World? Uh, I don't think she liked it very much. She said it's boring. <laughs> yeah, it's not very great. You want to you want to know how it ends? Yeah, tell me. They're all. It's like that episode of Avatar where it's it's just a world on the back of a turtle. Oh. Is it actually on a turtle? Yeah, like a big turtle creature. Really? What yeah. The hell? That's what the strange world is. It really is a strange world. I would have not guessed that. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> and they stole it from Avatar, so it's not even original. Well, it's not even that. I mean, there's like this old... It's There's a John Green book called Turtles All the Way Down, which is like kind of related to it because it's like based off this quote where it's like a world upon a, like a, a turtle on a turtle's back on a turtle's back, like, and it's just all the way down. It's like this old idea of like worlds on top of it. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like the men in black thing to a certain degree as well. You know, it's got that, it's got a similar esque ending of like the, little, the galaxy inside of a marble. Weird. You know, Disney going for it, I guess with their animation, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't recommend strange world, but uh, that's just <laughs> one of, one of many 2022 releases. It is on Disney plus. It is on Disney Plus, so uh, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week, but this week we are talking about the year of 2022. Felt like it flew by. I don't know, we got to reminisce a little bit, we got to go back. We're, we're a week into 2023, but let's take a look back. I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal. As always, alongside me, continuing alongside me as my co-host, through 2023 maybe we'll reevaluate in 2024 but <laughs> cody cody webb cody how's it going we're back and uh yeah i think it's gonna be a great episode i love just looking back like the the year in review kind of stuff and uh oh man obviously there's been so much release there's so much to talk about i mean we've done a bunch on this show that we've talked about but we've also done a crap ton that we haven't as well so gonna be fun to look back at that but uh yeah i'm super excited got a ton to talk about yeah I'm really excited as well. Uh, I thought this was a really good episode when we did it last year, our like 2021 reviewed. Um, we're pretty much doing the same talking points categories that we did, but we've removed a couple and added some. You know, I wanted this to be a kind of positive experience as a whole. I thought it was a pretty good year in movies, and we'll discuss that at the end of the episode further. But I didn't want to do like what's the worst thing we watched or like what are the <laughs> things you hate like we'll probably talk about it we'll probably mention them as we go you know this was a bad performance here or there or whatever but in in general I just wanted to talk about what are our favorite things from the year of 2022 so we're gonna hit all over the place we're gonna talk about going to see movies in theaters movies people aren't talking about performances of course we're gonna talk about superhero movies and tv shows specifically some sports, some YouTube, some podcasts, some other things we just kind of enjoyed and also, you know, reminisce on this podcast for a little bit. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. 2022. Let's start with the heavy hitter, Cody. Favorite movie of 2022. What do you got for me? Cody? I, let's be honest. I didn't do just one for any of these. I got like top threes, top fives. So uh, tell me what are your favorite movies of 2022? Yeah. I have several picks here. I mean, this was this was probably the hardest one to choose, and to start off with it as well, I really like. But I I was I had like ten, I think I was going through, which uh, is surprising. I think this year as well, I I've watched almost double the amount of movies I watched last year, so that's dope. But I also missed a lot. You, you've probably 
<laughs> seen about double than me still. <laughs> I still need to catch up. But yeah, my shortlist. I mean, started out with the Batman early, early releases in the year. I think um, they, it, they struggle to have that just you know longevity and in, in remembering it. That's got to be on my list. Nope, as well, which I saw again later in the year, but has to make the short list. Uh, and then a couple later releases, Knives Out two, which uh, I don't think I even talked about much on on the pod. I think it's better than the original. Which I was yeah, really the cool. the timing of when it came out, we didn't really get a, a chance to discuss. Yeah. But uh, I think all of those performances maybe are a little bit better than the original cast. Both crazy ensembles, and, and Daniel Craig is, is great in both. But I kind of like the story better in the second one. It's kind of just, you know, more compacted. You know, there's nowhere to run. And I, I really like the twist in the second act. Obviously, that that happens in, you know, both films. But I really just like Ryan Johnson's writing, weirdly enough. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, so that was on the shortlist as well. <laughs> Have and you then, come uh, around, Cody, officially? Uh, definitely not. I, I'll never, uh, you know, forgive him for what he did to Star Wars. <laughs> But literally, I think everything else I've seen from him, uh, I really do like. So it, it is strange, my relationship with Ryan. But uh, if I still like saw him on the street, I'd still probably yell at him about Star Wars. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, I love like Looper and all your other stuff too. So kind of a little bit of both. But yeah, me and Ryan still have beef. And then my last one on the short list as well, one I actually watched last night. And uh, me and Corbin were talking about before the pod, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, this is a dark, dark movie. Um, so that off the bat, if you do want to watch it, just know that going in. But uh, I mean, as far as war films go, it, it's pretty damn good. The performances as well. Of course, you have uh, the main guy, which I don't know, but Daniel Brühl, of course, has to be in any German-speaking movie because that's the only roles he does. But uh, he he's really good too. And um, yeah, the, the themes, <laughs> again, they're dark, but it, it's really impactful. So I would recommend that one. But Netflix, Netflix movie, Cody. Yeah, hey, I, I think that should get a nom for best picture, if I'm being fully honest. And I'd be a little bit peed if it doesn't. It'll be so, interesting yeah. to see. Obviously, the original movie won best picture all the way yeah. back in the 30s it's or maybe late yeah. 20s. Uh, there is a group of the Academy that is like European voters, French, English speaking people um, in the UK that might appreciate this movie a little bit more. So uh, yeah, there's a chance it could, you know, get push in there. It'd be interesting I to hope see. It does. Yeah. Just like the cinematography and the performances alone are, are pretty incredible. Um, so I would think it would get known for, for best cinematography too. But I mean, my pick for my favorite movie, again, it, it was an early release, but it's still stuck around. I, I don't know if it's your pick as well, but it's still everything everywhere all at once. I mean, <laughs> what can you not say? about this movie that is amazing the direction again the ensemble the editing that i think that's the biggest shoe in uh, at the academy is is this movie for editing and then, yeah like i said the cast michelle yo perfection jamie lee curtis might get a nom which i hope she does and then the return of uh i might butcher his name here but ki hoi kwan i believe that's right the kid from the goonies obviously indiana jones as well but his triumphant return to hollywood was awesome to see and I think he, deserve, he deserves a nom as well because I think he was the standout in that. But he's not even the main focus. I mean, it's obviously a mother-daughter story. And, uh, you know, the third act sequence alone, if you haven't seen it, you just have to because there's no really good way to describe it. But uh, the, also, just like the the daughter's performance, shout out her as well, Stephanie Hugh, if I butchered that as well, I'm sorry. 
But uh, her like antagonistic turn was was one of the most fun performances of the year, along with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, kind of holding that villain role too. But uh, yeah, like I said, even though it came out early in the year, like still emotionally, it's just resonant with me. And I don't think I can really say about that any, any other movie. So it's got to be my pick. It's my number one as well. And yeah. <laughs> a movie we saw together, Cody, in theaters. Yeah, which that's crazy. I think the only movie this year that we saw together, or at least watched. That's my favorite, yeah. Yeah, it, that's what it is, special memories. <laughs> but no, it. I back everything that you said, the storytelling of the Daniels in their previous film, Swiss Army Man. In Swiss Army Man, they capture this certain comedic like certain specific comedic style mixed with just like the most outlandish concepts while combining music and fun little small vfx and putting a story together that is truly about loneliness and what it means to you know to have friendship and to lose that and to kind of be on your own they've always been to tap in emotionally even in the weirdest setting like Swiss Army Man. That movie fails to a certain degree because it's almost too weird. This one's also very weird, but I think it like it has a broad enough appeal and it's reached audiences to a certain degree. And like you said, it's that mother-daughter relationship. And listen, there's crazy stuff. There's hot dog fingers in this movie. There's oh, yeah. raccoon this weird like ratatouille <laughs> raccoon ripoff. There's parts of this movie that aren't even in English, which you would think, you know, might cause some people to turn away but it's so amazing that the impact this movie's had on people because the story is so special and it's so resonant and you know death and taxes is uh you know still hits hard the scene of the two rocks and just not even spoken dialogue just text on a screen yeah this it's a powerful movie and um i don't know if it's gonna have its moment at the oscars i'm i you know it'd be awesome if it did and if it if it won best picture the Oscars have changed in a way that is completely unexpected and there's no turning back. You know, Parasite was great, but stuff like Nomadland um, and Coda, like that's still not super outlandish and different. This would be the most crazy genre independent film to ever win at the Oscars, um, having the international influence as well. This It's an immigrant story. I, I think it would be truly unique, you know, coming at another an A24 movie, I don't know if it's going to happen, though. It it's, seems unlikely, but it would be really cool if it did. Yeah, that's a very... I mean, Best Picture this year, I think, is unbelievably tough. I don't know if there is, like, a clear, clear front runner, So maybe that does give it a better chance. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I would be very surprised if it won, just because of the story it is and, and its release date, honestly, too. Like, how many Best Picture winners were released before, like, March or, you know, April? I, I feel like not too many. It's had a really incredible staying power. And the most impressive thing is, oh, yeah. Cody, where can you stream this movie at? Showtime? Mm-hmm. Paramount Plus? I is guess it on Plus? it's on Paramount Plus now. Yeah. Maybe. No, it's <laughs> no, it's Paramount Plus if you have Showtime. So it's literally just on oh. Showtime. <laughs> so, like, think about that. Like, it's a movie that's not on Netflix or HBO Max or, you know, some of these other best picture contenders, Elvis, Banshees, yeah. are out there for the people to see. I I fear maybe it's peaking a little early, but we you know we're two months out. That's just the release date too. I mean, it peaked very early, obviously. But yeah, that's funny. There's kind of nowhere to watch it. If it was on Paramount Plus, I would say you know everybody can have my account. But <laughs> I do have a sh- I oh I I think I have a Showtime account. I think maybe you had a free trial or something. It may be expired. 
I think I had it through Hulu, but then I am no longer a college student, so I lost my Spotify college Hulu Showtime package. I think maybe that's what happened. Wow. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. I started with my number one. Now I got to go in reverse and throw in some honorable mentions. This year, well, okay, when we did this episode last year, I think I said I had seen about 65 2021 releases mm. and i was like i don't think i'll even watch that many 2022 movies next year like i'll probably slow it down be more selective i watched some bad movies that's cap how many did you see 100 i saw 96 2022 oh releases <laughs> that is wild props a good chunk of them in theaters i saw a ton of movies in theaters this year i did have the benefit of moving to an area and you know taking my free time and just going to see movies in theaters and literally everything was in theaters here. I saw things early. I saw some things that aren't, you know, even been come out in other places yet. I've gotten a chance to see a lot of older movies. My film education has grown a lot this year and I've been really appreciative. And this is going to be, you know, you know, this is like an important year in my life. I graduated college. I moved in New Jersey. I got to see all these new cool movies. Like I feel like this year is going to be very memorable to me. And I'm going to probably a lot of these films are going to stick with me. Speaking of, the movies that I really enjoyed that came out this year. You talked about it. Nope. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah. I actually got to see that with fellow. Oh, we're going to go. We're going to do theater experiences later. I'm not going to talk about that. Those nope. Fellas. Saw it in theaters twice, but great times. Jordan Peele getting to make his $100 million Spielberg blockbuster movie. Like, what would you do with that? And I am. Deservedly so, too. It's awesome. Yes. You know, he's gotten to move up in budget, you know like under 10 million dollars to like 50 million dollars to like 100 million dollars basically in all three of his movies and it's cool to see the progression and i hope he just continues to get to do more and more big things um the sequences in that movie specifically the gordy sequence and the sequence of the creature vomiting rain red blood on the house yeah two of my favorite sequences and maybe any horror movie probably in any movie this year just some really fun stuff incredible oh yeah the visuals i think i mean compared to his other movies it, it is similar but the visuals just the style in that movie i think is awesome the ending as well with like the monster revealing itself is is one of my favorite parts as well yeah and the deep commentaries on you know the extents that the extent humans go yeah. to control the natural world to capture things that are beyond our grasp and to always go for this like you know shooting for the image you know the the tmz character that's only in the movie for a couple minutes is like almost very reflective in the entire themes of the movie it's this person who because of the company he works for has like been put into the mission that he will put his life and the lives of others on the line to like capture something and get the shot for the worst of the environment and for the people around it and uh you know the gordy sequence is obviously very reminiscent it's kind of the connecting ideal between those two it, it in a other movie i don't know in other movies in other hands maybe those two ideas don't connect fully but i think it actually fits really well in the movie and yeah i don't know nova's fantastic agreed the, just like the commentary on entertainment is like a running theme throughout and i feel like that's been hit on a lot this year there's been a lot of like hollywood about hollywood movies and maybe this one was like one of the more low-key ones but it has like the most to say which i think is super cool that is an extremely good point cody i like that a lot that is very well Thanks. said let's move on to my next um mention i gotta give shout out top gun maverick oh this on. movie is electric i, I you oh. know cody it is like the purest movie going experience 
that I've had in years. Like, I can't, I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home was cool, but mm. it was less about like this like movie that's like awesome. That was more of just like, oh, we're seeing like cool things happening. But this is like pure action, like electric stuff. I saw this movie four times this year, uh, three cool. times in theaters, once at the giant IMAX, you know, once with my parents. Like this movie has defied generations. Unfortunately, Avatar Way of Water has officially passed it at the box office but this movie made like 1.4 billion dollars and while it is you know some good old-fashioned american wartime propaganda <laughs> it's still fucking sick yeah it's kind of like the movie that low-key safe movie theaters too it really like brought people coming back and back so tom cruise shout yeah shout out tommy tom cruise scientologist Yes, but also a man who understands the movie making business. He takes this very seriously. He lives and dies for the entertainment of people. He really cares. And he held this movie back because he wanted it to come out at the right time. And honestly, it did. And like you said, it saved movie theaters. A movie that has maybe killed movies. No, not not Babylon. Babylon's killer in movies. But a movie that you know I was really excited for, No Bombax, White Noise recently released on netflix i don't know if you got a chance to check it out or not cody i've not yet it's on my list though a one that i was very excited about but there was some trepidations it's based on a 80s novel that is seen as unadaptable unadaptable and uh you know maybe it was to a certain degree but this is also Bombback kind of reaching into a spielberg bag a little bit there's you know a big uh toxic event that occurs with not to get too much into the plot, but there's a, you know, a fog of gas essentially or toxic material that the people have to run away from. And it's, it's very much this, like think Spielberg influence, but not Spielberg, like super eight JJ Abrams, like this big, you know, I don't know, family story of mixed with the bombac-esque dialogue, like the quick witty, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's way too smart. These kids are like the geniuses with rhetoric that's going to blow your mind and insane characters. And I don't know, for me, I, I just really enjoyed it because I like Bombeck's work. I love Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig, the two stars of the movie. It's got Don Cheadle and supporting performances. The third act loses me a little bit and loses a lot of people and is kind of surprising. I, it's basically taken straight from the novel from what I understand. Um, I did get it for Christmas. I'm looking forward to checking it out, reading it, doing some more reading in 2023. Um, but no, there's a lot of anxiety in this movie about death and kind of that horror of, of living and, and being afraid of dying. And, and I connect with that. And I like movies about that kind of stuff. So I do appreciate that movie a lot. And uh, I would yeah. recommend it to at least give it a shot. It's weird. I'll definitely watch it. The The cast looks great. Do you think Don Cheadle will get an Oscar nom, which you did predict? I don't know, man. The, the Oscar <laughs> acting categories are a little weird this year. Like there's a lot of great movies, but performances on the fringe like even in best actor i saw someone predicted tom hanks a man called otto is the fifth spot i don't think that's gonna happen i hope it doesn't <laughs> but no there, anything could happen cody uh we'll talk oscars in the coming months but <laughs> don Cheadle, please for the sake of my points in my game sure i don't know I, I don't know if he got a golden globe nomination i was checking those out earlier i didn't think i saw him driver did though so i don't nice. know one more that i got to talk about and this is my second favorite movie of the year i think it is 
pretty close to a masterpiece and it is very close to everything everywhere all at once it's not far behind and that's tar in terms of a what like movies have always this is the more traditional like movies can be fucking great and they can tell amazing stories that seem real and life-changing and tar is like one of the first movies that i've seen in a long time that feels ever present and like very set in the now and it feels like Lydia Tars feels like a real person and there's been people on the internet who've been like oh I thought she was a real composer just because of this movie and the way that Kate Blanchett creates that character and I, and I can completely understand if you like didn't know anything about it and just went and saw this movie you're like oh yeah this is like a biopic right like this is a pretty crazy story I, I can't believe I didn't know about it but it only loses me in some sympathetic feelings towards the end but as a whole as a commentary on now and social media and what art versus the art versus the artist and also is it a singular this idea of a singular artist that creates everything or is it you know is there truly like one person behind these great works or does it take many people to kind of build you know a movie or build a symphony for example an orchestra and uh, also this idea of cancel culture in modern society, which I know can feel a little bit icky and you think, you know, it could be done wrong in a lot of different ways, but Todd Field very deftly handles the subject matter. Awesome. And yeah, again, one of the ones I have not checked out yet, but obviously one that's been getting a lot of buzz, but definitely on my list. And um, yeah, the way you describe it sounds even better. So I'm gonna have to check it out. Where, think- where is it streaming at? Do you know? I don't think it's out anywhere Not yet out. streaming. It's still in some theaters. Mm. So I don't know, maybe check in Indianapolis. You can rent it for $6 right now. Hopefully, maybe it's going to be a Hulu or a Peacock. I- I'm not really sure. Interesting. But yeah, Kate Blanchett, I mean, seems to be the front runner for, for Best Actress. And it looks dope. So I'd back it. Those really are my, my top five. We'll talk about some more later. Um, but yeah, this was a really solid year for movies as a whole, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pick, obviously, because there is so much stuff that comes out throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, the longevity for me, that that's really the big thing. And I feel like, you know, with movies, it is it is always a personal connection. So everybody is going to have a different list. But, uh, yeah, shout out everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, favorite theater experiences. We've talked about it already. It was cool to see a movie with you, Cody. It was, you know, yeah. we don't get to see each other, especially this past year. We haven't seen each other a lot beyond, you know, over Zoom doing these podcasts. Um, so that was definitely a fun one. I think I, we joked that you you sat like a seat away from me. You didn't want to sit right next to me because it was just kind of like an empty theater and you were being weird. You got a hot dog, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> what time do we go to? I feel like it's fairly early. Um, it was like, yeah, the afternoon, I think, like Three one o'clock, o'clock showing, maybe. Yeah, got a hot dog and a bottle of water. Oh, hit classic. the Jimmy, hit the Jimmy John's afterwards. <laughs> true, true. That that was a fun one for me. Went hung out with Jackson. Top three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We did see him that day as well. What a day, honestly. Everything ever all at once, and and go see Jackson. I mean, you really can't beat that. First time you had ever met him. Yeah, true. Well, in real life, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IRL, IRL. <laughs> what else you got cody favorite theater experiences yeah that was definitely one i wanted to mention as well but uh the one i am gonna pick well uh i do have something to say at the end about theater experiences but my pick is the batman um again uh, early in the year i don't give a shit though and it really is my pick just because 
of a couple like particular scenes and like the audience reactions to those and my reaction to those. So obviously, if you um, you know listen to our episode on the Batman, uh, you, you heard me talk about the scene where you know he's in the dark and you know you can only see him through the gunshots. It's Corbin was not a big fan of. Honestly, visually, that's the Rogue probably, One hallway scene. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my favorite visual moment of the year, and I think in theaters that was probably the only time where I like audibly like you know gave out like a holy shit laugh. <laughs> you know that holy shit laugh where like. Oh my god! I know it from you. Awesome. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I, that's the only moment all year where I can remember, like actually, like letting that out. So shout out to the Batman, and then the ending scene as well. Just that in a theater, you know, the flair, the visuals from Matt Reeves, I, I think, is ridiculous in that movie. So uh, yeah, and it even had me like tearing up a little bit in that scene too, which doesn't happen in in movie theaters either. So uh, shout out to everybody who's in that theater. Is is a packed, you know, opening weekend. And uh, yeah, definitely my favorite experience of the year. I got a couple honorable mentions. Got a shout out also seeing the Batman. Went and saw that with Jake and Austin, former roommates, uh, former podcast guests, two great dudes seeing the Batman, IMAX, and Lafayette. Um, saw Nope over the summer, first time with Carter Sims, our boy, and as well as Christian Steiner, two former podcast guests. Um, that was a fun experience seeing that with them. Got to grab a drink before and then head up to the uh, AMC in Chicago. Got to see a ton of stuff with Mina this year, just AMC, you know, Puss in Blutes a couple weeks early, whatever. We went to see The Whale where we got to see Darren Aronofsky do a Q&A afterwards, Tantura, this documentary where the director did a Q&A afterwards. Those experiences were all great. Um, That's awesome. I'm probably, jealous of all of those like, like Q&As and stuff. I'm unbelievably jealous. Yeah, yeah. We missed out on the Guillermo del Toro one for Pinocchio. That would have been fun, but they did that, one of those in New York. There's a new one coming up. I don't even know what the movie is, um, but Kit Harrington's going to be there. And we were just thinking about maybe going because that would be nice. cool. Mina really likes Game of Thrones, loves him in that. You know, ask maybe ask about the Eternals. <laughs> is, is, ask about Blade. I yeah, ask him about Blade. Blade. Is he going to be in Blade? That's a good Probably. question. He should because he's awesome as Jon Snow. Also, he needs to come back as Jon Snow, but yeah. In, in what? House of Dragon? <laughs> Heck no. They're saying they might oh, they're doing a TV show. show. They are. They're yeah, doing yeah. a TV show. Here's the four movies that I enjoyed the most watching in a theater. So first one, I watched Jaws for the very first time in IMAX. That was sick. That was a really cool experience. It's one of those things where it's like, there's some movies that now that I'm here, I almost want to be like, they're going to show it in theaters around me and I'm going to, I should just wait. So like, I'm glad I waited on Jaws. I'm kind of going to wait to, I've never seen Titanic either. And I'm going to go see that in February because they're doing like a re-release I think that would just be cool to see that in a movie theater for the first time it's long it is long yeah but you know bathroom breaks <laughs> I'll take a bathroom break it'll be okay Jimmy Cameron, though, yeah. I saw Tar twice both times it was just like it's a two hour and 40 minute movie but it does not feel like it uh, I saw it at Alamo Draft House the first time and then the Angelica with Mina the second time just incredible front to back there's Plenty of stuff to throw on the acting reel for Kate Blanchett, like we said. Um, and then like true theater, theater experiences, like communal experiences. Banshee's been a Sheeran. People were just laughing. It was a riot. That movie didn't do make a lot of money. And now a ton of people are seeing it on HBO Max and are really enjoying it. It was so fun in the theater. Like I thought it was funny, but there were people who thought it was just really funny. And that made it funnier. Just like, this is kind of like, oh yeah, we're all having a good time and laughing at this. And then the last one, Barbarian, 
if you haven't seen the movie, I almost, I still don't even want to spoil it because it's, yeah. you know, so good. But there's a first to second act turning point that just like that hits of like watching it for the first time in a movie theater was very cool. And everyone just kind of be like, what the fuck is happening? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are the best moments I think in the theater too, where it's kind of like a, like you said, a, a just a change in the story or a twist a little bit. Barbarians is the perfect example of that. So yeah, I bet that was dope in the theater. And uh, that's definitely a movie I'm going to be talking about later. So shout out. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to our favorite underlooked movies of 2022. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I, a Barbarian is on my list. Okay, so go ahead. Let's hear it. I, I'm curious if you consider this underlooked or not. I think it is a little bit um, just because I didn't hear about it until a little bit after its release, which is probably my own issue. But I think it is the best horror movie of the year uh obviously i'm no horror expert which uh, we've covered before and i haven't seen that many this year there have been some decent ones but i think it just it really is a, a genre subverter which we've talked about before and um the performances and the writing in that movie are, are really cool and the thing about horror movies i feel like they never really get the ending right and i think barbarian almost has a perfect ending which is, is a big credit to it so I think that's super underlooked. It almost gets a little lost in the weeds there, but a little bit. But it it's meta. It, it knows like, you know, the tropes and, and the similar stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we and go full final girl. I think uh the ending it, it's so poetic as well. So sort of like another like oh kind of mother daughter relationship, not really, but still has those themes that are like oh wow like these characters are you know deeper than I thought a little bit, which is cool. And then my other honorable mention is another one I just recently saw, uh, The Menu. Uh, this is honestly, like, this is one of the more fun movies of the year, which is really weird saying, just because it is super, super dark. But uh, I just did not expect anything, you know, like this going in. Uh, Ray Fiennes is just unhinged um, in this role. And Anya Taylor-Joy is, you know, obviously the, the protagonist. But, I mean, is anybody really a protagonist in this movie? Not really. It's kind of just a lot of bad people in a room, you know, and the dialogue, I, I think, is really the standout. It's one of the funnier movies of the year. It's just a super dark comedy. And, um, again, the ending is just really good. If you're, like, you're a sort of, like, a, a smaller budget movie, obviously I the writing is something to hone in on. But if you get the ending right, um, I think I've said this before as well, but I think that's the hardest thing to do in film is like stick the ending and you know that's what makes movies memorable in my opinion so shout out the menu as well and but my my pick for most underrated it's a movie you recommended to me so shout out corvid it's a rrr (laughs) on my list as well yeah this is by far i think the best action movie of the year and it's not even close um it is a three-hour foreign film movie so you need to go that going in and that sort of like set my expectations of you know, what the hell is this going to be? I didn't know what to expect. It's super long. It's nothing at all like I expected. Um, just the the first two character intros of, you know, the fire guy and the water guy. That I think those are the best scenes in the movie. The one versus 500 guys, you know, the mob fight. That's unbelievable stuff. I don't think we've really seen anything like it since like the raid and the raid two. Um, just like that hand-to-hand combat style and, and the camera work is unbelievable along with the stunt work. And then the tiger fight as well. 
it has it's more campy than you know the one versus 500 guys but i think it's just as good um and you know the cgi is it is what it is but i mean you can't really do anything with the budget but just the it looks pretty good though like there's some yeah. good there's some good stuff the this movie has music and dancing yep i don't know yeah it's some, some of my favorite action like you said i i've seen it a long time yeah the action is is really really good but like it's the story about the relationship between these two guys and the chemistry and the bond like between these two guys is unbelievable. That, that's by far the best part of the movie and it has the best action of the year. So shout out, shout out RRR. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely one I would, you know, recommend to check out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is campy, but it, it knows what it is. Like this is a perfect meta, you know, foreign film, you know, action film, which again, it's just not something you see. So definitely one I wreck. The great thing is the three movies you just picked are all streaming. You can see Barbarian menu on HBO Max. Go check out RRR on Netflix. They're available to people. Go check them out. And uh, I, I agree. They're all great movies. For me, some others I wanted to mention, uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, which if you have Apple TV+, Plus, it's uh, Cooper Rafe's second movie that he's directed it's got dakota johnson in it just this really sweet story rom-com it's in my top 10 of the year uh i really like the work rafe's done from shithouse to this he's up and coming he's going to be directing some tv stuff and some other you know bigger budget movies in the future and i think if you want to kind of buy in on some stock early this is a guy that's going to do some big things i think it was a sundance film sold to apple um but yeah Go check that out if you have Apple TV+. Plus. On top of that, a horror movie that actually did pretty well, so it's hard to say it was underlooked. I think it made like $90 million, like twice what Barbarian did in theaters. Um, but The Black Phone was kind of probably because it came out earlier in the year and there was just not as much to see and horror fans will turn out for horror if it's there. But no, Ethan Hawke is kind of this menacing, twisted kidnapper in a Richard Linklater movie, kind of, directed by Scott Derrickson. It's got this very dazed and confused, but a horror movie feel to it. And it's kind of sick and also available to stream right now. So I would, you know, go check it out. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, go check out The Black Phone. Puss in Boots, hard to say underlooked because it's really getting a big surge lately. But I think it's just because I kind of saw it. I got to, for some reason, they were doing a random showing like in November a month before its release date at the Jersey city mall, not even in New York. So we, it was just like one showing on a Saturday and we went and saw it like a, a month before the release. And uh, so I've been on the, the Puss in Boots train early. People are really coming around to it. It's really good. It's solid animation. It's, it's got the Mitchell versus the machine into the spider verse, you know, Sony pictures animation type style that DreamWorks is now kind of leaning into mixed with like the Shrek traditional aesthetic. And it, it's really cool actually. Um, also just a fun story we'll talk about it more later and then uh also shout out to bones at all also kind of hard to say underlooked you know it's timothy chalamet america's heartthrob for the younger generation but him and taylor russell as well as mark rylance in a, in a scary role um directed by luca guadagnino with a score from trent Reznor, atticus ross this movie is sick also in my top 10 and uh it's sick in the sense that it is good but also sick in the sense that it is a gross cannibal love story 
and uh, it's twisted and talking about favorite sequences. The final scene of this movie is uh, really incredible. And yeah, it's nice. intense stuff. And the uh, last one I'll say, a movie that I don't think anybody's fucking seen is this Lithuanian film called Vesper. <laughs> that I just saw in theaters randomly because it was showing at a couple places in New York. It's a sci-fi. I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's kind of annihilish, annihilation-esque, but like the whole world is annihilation. It's like low-budget VFX sci-fi, this little girl in a dark age future with her dad who's like sick in bed but his head is in a robot that flies around and hangs out with her and it's a grimy dark world and it's you know our future probably that sounds absolutely bonkers but uh it sounds pretty good honestly i mean if it's annihilation ask too it sounds like uh something i'd like so yeah that's a good yeah, record, I, think. I think i think you would enjoy it and uh it's a, it's a top 20 from me so <laughs> didn't crack the top 10 didn't quite crack the top 10 i don't know should at the end of this should i do my top 50 <laughs> <laughs> i'd be down that's actually probably, uh, probably a lot of good movies on that list so i think i'm gonna make a tiktok about it we'll save it for that of the right. top 50 how long is it tiktok gonna be? <laughs> 10 hours favorite 2022 performances and I just wanted to point out at this part of the show, Cody, you like my mug? I do. Christopher Walken. I've, I've celebrated the new year with you with a little champagne and orange juice and my Christopher Walken mug. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about great actors like Christopher Walken. Probably not specifically Christopher Walken, but favorite 2022 performances. I don't think he's in anything this year, was he? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think so. I'll do some research while you tell me. <laughs> I kind of broke this up into some like lead performances, ensemble stuff, mm -hmm. supporting. Yeah. I mean, I think this was probably the toughest uh, category to pick. Obviously, you know, best movie is up there too. But I mean, every single movie, honestly, probably has a really good performance. So cherry picking just a few of the best was pretty tough, but I'm going to attempt it. My first couple... <laughs> uh well one of them is kind of the best but first off zoe kravitz and the batman i believe this is the last time i bring up the batman but i did want to shout her out one more time because i her honestly, like, was in the tv show severance this year oh was he okay but i did not check that out actually which we'll talk about later but nominated for an emmy for his role really okay well i kind of really want to watch severance now because i want to see christopher walken work jackson's been telling us for weeks yeah. months no, i've heard i've heard it's very good as well shout out adam scott but uh, yeah, Zillian Kravitz, I think she's honestly one of the most talented actresses working today. And I hope like this is sort of like she's had breakout roles. I hope this is her like blockbuster breakout role. I kind of just want her to be in every single blockbuster going forward because I do think she is that good. And also I saw Dope for the first time this year as well. And she's amazing in that too. But in the Batman, I, I think she really is a standout and kind of does like a lot of the heavy lifting emotionally. Because I mean, Robert Pattinson's good, but the movie's kind of about her, which I really like. And yeah, I, I, I want to see so much more of her. I don't know what's going to happen with the DC movies, so it's hard to say, but I would love to see more Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in, you oh, know, yeah. whether it's the Penguin TV show or her own spinoff or just a, a, another sequel, something. We need more of it. 
She's making her directorial debut next year. Really? With a movie called Pussy Island starring Channing Tatum. Oh. So uh, I, I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know what's happening there. but yeah, Interesting combo, but it's yeah. a thriller. So I'm down for it. That sounds great. Tatum's a tech billionaire, Slater King. So Channing <laughs> Tatum in a thriller. You know, that's, that's interesting, but I'll watch it for Zoe Kravitz. But uh, speaking of the DCEU, uh, weirdly enough, my next pick for uh, one of the best performances, Pierce Brosnan in Black Adam. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is a little bit of a Didn't joke. think that was going to come up in this category. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't think I was going to say that. But uh, yeah, legit, I, I think he is really good in that role. Obviously, Black Adam is nowhere near a great film, but I think that's perfect casting and it's probably just a little bit of the fanboy in me because I, I really do like Dr. Fate as a character and that is just such perfect casting, which I said multiple times as well. But uh, yeah, he was good in a, in a bad movie. So I want to shout out that. And then my my last honorable mentions, it's a, it's a duo. It's Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Kiki Palmer from Nope. Um, I mean, their chemistry is is unmatched, I think, this year. Definitely the best duo on screen, I would say. Uh, just that one scene well, again one of my favorite scenes of the year is like them you know getting excited and and slapping their hands together like four or five times uh just such good vibes and um daniel kalua he does have more of a laid-back performance uh in nope but yeah i think it is one of his best he, he probably is a little bit better in, in get out just because he has more emotionally going on there but um yeah like i said duo wise i think they had the best chemistry of the year but again, surprisingly, my pick for best performance, it's going to be Georgina Campbell in Barbarian, which I mean, even even going over my list before, I, I would not have guessed that I would have picked that, honestly. But that movie, it, it stuck with me. The depth of, of that character, I think, for a horror film especially, is so crazy. And um, sort of the, the change even from act one to act two, and then the ending, like... Uh, I don't know, her character movement, I think, is is very well written, but her performance really brings it home. I mean, the the change to, you know, the start of the movie is really fun because you don't really know what you're getting into. And then, once you know, uh, spoiler alert, Bill Skarsgård, something happens to him. Once that happens, her character changes completely and sort of just goes into survival mode. And then at the end... All of her interactions with Justin Long are so fun. The ending where you know she gets thrown off too. She, she has a great one-liner at the end. So shout out Georgina. Maybe maybe not like the best best, but my favorite because again it, it was surprising and, and something I didn't expect at all. But uh, again, another person who coming into this year, I, I didn't really know much about Georgina Campbell, but someone who needs more roles immediately after that film. Yeah, she's a. Uh really good in that movie and that is a, a movie that is based on three performances and the expectations you have for those characters scars guard long and and what georgina campbell is going to do um so yeah really good picks for me i've got a ton of honorable mentions we'll start with voice acting because we only have two picks here <laughs> jenny slate and marcel the shell shout out as marcel good solid performance there and then uh, my pick for the winner, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots. Just that man's been doing incredible work since what? Like 2004, 2005? I don't know when Shrek 2 came out, but just iconic for yeah. a decade and a half as yeah. that uh, cat. Yeah, he's, he's still got a couple lives left. But uh, yeah, Antonio, 
Classic. Well, Cody, if you've seen the movie, you'd be wrong. <laughs> Does he die? I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, no, that's the, the plot of the movie is that he's on his last life. Yeah, I know. That was the joke. I know the plot. Come he on. doesn't have a couple lives left, Cody. He does. Yeah, I know. He's got one. All right, continue. What were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Are those your two best performances? Yep, that's it. No. <laughs> Supporting actor. Uh, Honorable mentions to Lashana Lynch in The Women King. She was really great. Barbarian, Justin Long, Zoe yeah. Kravitz in The Batman, uh, Anthony Edwards in Hustle, Cody. Really good villain <laughs> performance. Got to get. This is how you get people to come to your awards show. You give Anthony Edwards uh, a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He's really good in that movie, and it's a, a fun outside-the-box recommendation there. Yeah. Um, but my two winners, uh, Janelle Monet and Glass Onion. Kind yeah. of a dual performance if you've seen the movie. Don't want to say too much more beyond that, but she was really good. She was the standout to me. I've, I've talked about my feelings on Daniel Craig and that series and his accent. It was better in this movie. I think it was more effective, but Janelle Monet was really fantastic. Um, and then also Kihei Kwan, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, just, you know, in terms of, you know, the journey he's had, as well as that being a truly incredible performance. And uh, yeah, those are the two people that I want to recognize for supporting actor. Yeah, those are great picks. And uh, Janelle Monae, uh, I think she is underlooked in that movie a ton. Yeah, again, it's kind of on her back, you know. She does have a lot of the emotional resonance, so that, that's a great shot as well. Then we'll move on to ensembles. These are just casts that I like as a whole. You'll notice that some of these people didn't also appear in supporting or lead just because I think it's more about cohesion here. So Banshees, Avinashir in cast, Colin Farrell, Barricchio, and Brendan Gleeson um as well as carrie condon truly incredible they're so fun together they work so well together there's a reason i mean gleason and farrell and big Dunn have done stuff in the past together as well as i also want to shout out nope so you've got beyond just kiki palmer and daniel kaluuya steven yun brendan perea michael wincott uh really solid keith david hopping in there for just like five minutes before he gets killed in the beginning of the movie <laughs> the bones and all that's a smaller cast but like Again, Mark Rylance as kind of this villainous character, and then Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet are both really solid in it. The women women talking ensemble is insane. Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, and then Black Panther also. I love Winston Duke, Lupita Nyong'o, yeah. um, Latita Wright, Angela Bassett. Spoiler alert: Michael B. Jordan's in it for a little bit, <laughs> as well as ah, what's the guy's name who plays? Tano Huerta as well, who plays uh, the uh, character of Namor. Yeah, just the cast as a whole is really good. No, and the ensemble, I think, I think, I feel like that should low key be an Academy Award. I think we might do our uh, our Academy Awards picks and changes when it comes Oscar time, Cody. What do you well, think? We should throw in an ensemble category because exactly that's really overlooked. Ah, I agree, and and voice acting as well. <laughs> well, I guess and motion capture <laughs> performance. Yeah, you lost me already. <laughs> Give it to Sam Worthington. <laughs> Lead actor, our final category. You mean Sigourney Weaver, right? Yeah. I don't know if she did the mocap for the small child. I guess her yeah, face for sure. Was she on the ground? Like, was she, she's a very small child. I think and so. I think so. I wish she didn't. Um, <laughs> Lead actor. Shout outs to Aubrey Plaza and Emily the Criminal, a movie on Netflix you can check out. Amber Midthunder and Prey. Um, as well as Anya Taylor-Joy in the menu. They're all really great. But my winner for the females is 
Kate Blanchett in Tar, obviously. She's incredible, revolutionary, one of the best acting performances I've seen in years, and definitely my favorite performance, just period of the year. Good pick. Ray's another one underlooked, if you have to bring up, I think. But yeah, those are all great. Definitely an underlooked movie. Um, Hulu, check it out. And then for the the old boys. Alexander Skarsgård and The Northman, a movie I just watched. I don't really know if anybody else could do what he does in that movie. He really pulls something off. He he kind of pulls in on that one, that Tarzan kind of past mixed with the fact that his name is fucking Alexander Skarsgård and just like that energy. And the man is a Viking in, in a creature. And uh, yeah, that's a really good movie. There's some bad accents from from some other people hawk kidman uh Annie taylor joy they're they're a little bit all over the place but uh fun movie nonetheless uh also shout out to song king ho you may know him as the lead actor in parasite he was in the movie broker that i saw last week he's great in everything he's in other a uh, ton of bong joon ho movies memories of murder um he's also in Snowpiercer. he's really great and uh i think maybe in more international audience recognizes how great of an actor he is but he is like one of the great living actors, um, period. Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Obviously, the story's great there. I love Brendan Fraser. I hope he wins the Oscar. I'm not going to give him the best performance award here today, but I do hope he wins the Oscar because I think it's just a great story. And it's a person who's been through a lot and I think is truly a great actor and is a great performance. It's, the performance is deserving, but so is the person. So it's a good coalescence of both those things. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al in the Weird Al story, actually pretty yeah. solid. Wow. Give me that over fucking Austin Butler Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wow. love either of those movies. The Weird Al movie, there's a weird thing with Madonna that I'm not a huge fan of, but I think in terms of performance, neither of them is singing, so it doesn't, like, they're both just fucking, they're, yeah, I don't know. Music biopics, Weird Al, better than Elvis. Yeah, I haven't seen Weird Al, but... Uh, I mean, Austin Butler. Roku TV movie. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch it just because of that too. But uh, yeah, Austin Butler. I think that's got this isn't a category, but I'd say that's the most overrated performance of the year in my book. But that kid, he's. Uh, I don't know. Something about him just pisses me off. But yeah. <laughs> the person I want to give the best performance award uh, for twenty twenty two is uh, Jonathan Pope in The Inspection. He was Golden Globe nominated. There's a chance he could get Oscar nominated. Um, this is an A24 film about a gay man who enters the Marines to try and find a purpose in his life um, in the mid-2000s. It's semi-autobiographical from the director, kind of his similar experiences. Jonathan Pope is very good. Listen, there's some things about it. It's still a little bit of like, oh yeah, this is a movie about... The military and there's some connotations there like because at the time like it was not okay to be gay in the military and i don't know the, the view it has of it is it is an interesting one but in terms of pure performance it is uh really incredible and, and jonathan pope is uh, gonna do big things and it'd be cool it'd be really cool to see a performance like this get an oscar nom being that fifth one because it's kind of an open spot right now listen Farrell, austin butler brennan frazier they're all going to get nominated, but there's some room for some other people as well. So it'd be yep. cool. Jonathan Pope's my favorite though. Shut up. Let's take a commercial break and we'll be right back. Something in the way. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Speaking of something in the way, Cody, favorite superhero movies of 2022. Mm. I'll start. 
Go for uh, it. It's the Batman. <laughs> it was it was the best <laughs> one that came out this year. So kind of beating the dead horse a little bit here. But the music beyond the overplaying of the Nirvana from Michael Giacchino is really good. It has you a good score. You like it. <laughs> I'm coming around to it. It's good music. It's Darth <laughs> Vader. The thing is, if you appreciate it for it, it's Darth Vader-y. Um, you can't tell me that it's not the Imperial March, but, uh, no, like there is some sick visuals. I like this movie. Especially, uh, the thing is at the time I was down on it a little bit as I've seen other superhero movies come out this year. My appreciation has grown in that aspect, um, because it is by far and away the best one. Um, Robert Battinson, are we still feeling good about that? Do you think we'll ever see him again? I do. But I think it might be a little bit of time. I think it might be like five, six years, if I'm being honest, just because, you know, the studio's in a mess. The people will want it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, this movie, it made a crap ton of money. Not not the most money any Batman. Like $700 million, though. Still. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't hit the billion mark. <laughs> it's not bad work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, it probably wasn't like, oh, you know, the biggest performer they were, you know, wanting or expecting. But it still did really, really good. And it's a really good movie. So I'd be surprised if we didn't get a sequel to it. Also, they set up some bullshit Joker. So, you know, Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan, what a year. So how can you not, you know, continue that on? But I I do think we'll see him again. Battinson. Is that your favorite superhero movie as well, Cody? Um, I mean, probably technically. Also, I did want to preface with, yeah, this this year kind of sucked for superhero movies, which is kind of sad. Like, uh, you know, we had multiverse of madness which i was not a big fan of uh thor love and thunder which is fucking terrible excuse my language black adam you know everybody knows that morbius like come on man the the theatrical releases this year were pretty poor even even from marvel which uh you know kind of sucks but hopefully the flash releases next year uh, <laughs> regardless you know as miller stuff because i do want to see that movie with michael keaton in it and uh, ben Affleck so hopefully we finally get that but anywho yeah obviously my two picks the Batman but my actual pick is going to be Werewolf by Night which I think again is super underrated speaking of Michael Giacchino um, I, I don't know is this his directorial debut I believe so if not he doesn't do much else but he's amazing in this and um, also is this really a movie I don't know. It's a it's a special presentation, whatever whatever that means. But I mean, it's not a TV show, so I'll categorize it as a movie. But um, yeah, the, by far this is the best thing Marvel's produced this year, and I don't think it's close. Uh, just it's different, which isn't always better. But in this uh, circumstance, it hundred percent. Just the visual style, the black and white to start, and um, great new characters and like this more darker universe tone. To really like sort of like that monster universe that we were talking about last episode but actually in the mcu which is sick and uh, again it just left me with like wanting to see more of these characters i mean wanting blade to... hopefully right yeah i mean yeah ho- hopefully i mean i, I just want to see you know a man thing come back uh the those visuals on him i think were that was perfect a very cool character design and all the it was super well cast as well even though like it was kind of a bunch of no names but everybody was really good so Bring me more Michael Giacchino. Let him direct Blade. I think they've been having, you know, directorial issues there anyways. And uh, bring in all these fun characters. But the tone and the visual style for me were, were really what stood out. Have you ever seen uh, Star Trek Short Treks? 
<laughs> Short drive. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Wait, it's uh, it's on Paramount Plus, right? It's like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a TV show or something. Oh, yeah. It's an anthology. I think it's animated, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I know the. Weirdly enough, there's some people from Survivor who like help write that show, so that's what I know it from. But I haven't seen it. Well, Michael Giacchino made his professional directorial debut <laughs> with an episode of Star Trek Short Treks during its second season, so he should be your boy, Cody. <laughs> well, maybe I'll watch it, actually, then, because I know the writers, I know the directors. I mean, it's got to be, and it's Star Trek. It, it's, like, perfect for me, so, yeah, that's a good shout. He's doing a remake of Them, like the old uh, 1954 yeah. horror movie hmm. for Warner Brothers. That's his next film, so... Smart from Warner Brothers. I mean, give this guy more work. Uh, that's a crazy good debut. And obviously he can, you know, create any sort of great music for any property of all time. So, yeah, I'd hire him instantly. I liked Wakanda Forever a little bit more than Werewolf by Night, just mm-hmm. as like a pur- pure movie. Yeah, obviously I mean, not, it was not really a movie. I feel like it's kind of a comedy. Yeah, I do have Were- Werewolf by Night on this list, but um, Wakanda Forever it was a tough task. We talked about it a little at the end of the last episode about, you know, other plans they had and it would have been really cool to see that. But listen, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. He passed away. Um, he was obviously fighting for a really long time and it's just a really unfortunate scenario. And um, I think they did with the time that they had to make this movie happen and all COVID and Letitia Wright not wanting to get vaccinated and any other, I think she broke her leg on set. Like this movie had a lot of problems in production and yep. pre-production and it's part of the Marvel machine. So you had to get certain characters in there um, like Ironheart. Considering all that, I think it's still a pretty good movie and I did enjoy it. it didn't quite have the cultural impact of the first one. If we talk, we'll see, you know, will it get a uh, best picture nomination or not? But um, I, I did enjoy it. And I think in the long run, it might be the best movie of Phase 4. I think the direction is is the standout. Kind of like you said, it is like it's a Marvel movie. They had to throw in, you know, young you know characters who are going to show up later and in Ironheart and everything. But I mean, just visually again and sort of bringing everything together, even though like this movie was a mess and coming off the death of Chadwick Boseman, that, that had to be unbelievably difficult just to make. So shout out Ryan Coogler. I hope he does continue directing MCU movies. I, I really hope this isn't his last because he's 100% one, one of the best actors today. Yeah, you know, there's, I mean, I want to see him obviously do other things outside the MCU world, but, you know, he's he's, he's made box office movies, before, you know, outside of that. He did the Creed movies as well. And he obviously, Michael B. Jordan's directing this one, but I believe he still helped write it. But I think... If you give Ryan Coogler, if you had given him like three years to kind of like go back to phase one, break it down, rewrite the whole story, figure things out anew, this movie would probably be a lot better. But like, that's just not, they didn't have the time to do that. That wasn't feasible. He had to kind of build off something that he already had. And um, I don't know. I think he did an incredibly impressive job. And uh, shout out to him for that. I would say RRR is very much a superhero movie as well. Those are yeah. essentially, it is like a better version of a Zack Snyder movie. I've said this in the past, but 
it uh yeah i mean they're basically just like two real historical figures that they've given superpowers it's like a mix between a american superhero movie and a musical and uh an anime and uh yeah it, it, it's genre bending and uh fantastic action so definitely put it on this list it's perfect yeah. better than fucking anything we saw in black adam <laughs> i mean that's not even a question the action in rr compared to black adam it's at it's different really- like budget levels it's insane yeah yeah favorite superhero tv shows of 2022 what's first of all mcu cody what was your favorite mcu tv show yeah i think it's a bit of a toss-up it would definitely be between miss marvel and moon knight uh, the thing with moon knight is i really enjoy like the first three episodes and then after that it, it a little bit more wishy-washy and then with miss marvel i think like just you know episode to episode this does get better it, it is a little bit cheesy and it is obviously made for a little bit younger audiences the, the dialogue at times is not always the best but i would just say like heart wise uh which the mcu does a lot of but not really in tv this year i guess you know she hope they went at a uh, moon night they went a little bit darker so I think, you know, Miss Marvel, it is maybe the most Marvel show of the year, but I don't want to count that against it just because, you know, of the tone and uh, the, the cast is dope. The, the story is, you know, a little bit smaller scale, but that's kind of my favorite Marvel stuff at times, like Werewolf at Night, like Ant-Man, where, you know, the world's not at stake. You don't have to save the world. It's more just about establishing these heroes. And, it you know, it made me excited to, like, see Kamala Khan on the big screen, which honestly I didn't expect going in. So, uh, yeah, Marvel-wise, those would probably be my favorites. It, it, it is kind of a toss-up just because Marvel throws up so much TV, though. Uh, I mean this with the utmost respect for Brie Larson, but Miss Marvel getting me hyped for the Marvels will just attest to that that show is actually pretty good. It, yeah. it would take a bit after the original Captain Marvel movie and the mess that that was. It's kind of a hard sell, right? The Marvels movie. But the uh, supporting characters are getting me excited at the very least uh for me miss marvel is definitely my favorite i think <sighs> moon knight you didn't like moon knight did moon knight you? i wasn't a huge fan of <laughs> the, the vfx in that were i want to say i think it's points worse than she hulk wow ethan hawk cool. i like I just watched, like I said, the Northman and his accent is like the same in the Northman as it is and in, in Moon Knight, which is kind of funny because they should not be the same at all. Yeah. But no, my uh, my favorite has to be Miss Marvel. Uh, like you said, it is a little bit more base level, ground level. It's a sweet story about a girl in Jersey City and I just moved to Jersey City, Cody. How can I not pick it? It's, uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Outside of Marvel though, I mean, the obvious um, a show we did watch together we binged which is my this is my pick as well in january peacemaker Do- doesn't feel like it came out this year <laughs> feels yeah. like a long time ago or i guess it was last year but feels like a long time ago i thought it was going to be stupid i waited a little bit to watch it so maybe it was february that we saw it but we waited a little bit finally checked it out and i was hooked and, and pretty much watched the whole thing in like a 48 hour span yeah i think um that's for me it, it's one of the best pilots of the year that first episode I, I think it's just so much fun and it really like establishes john cena as like oh this guy's gonna be good in this which again i didn't expect going forward but it made for me, me believe in the power of cena 
yeah, same, which is wild to say. But I think the the supporting cast is just as good. I mean, Vigilante was my favorite character. Just the the dry comedy in that series that really, you know, I thought was great. And even like Eagly, like even like the weird, you know, more James Gunn characters, I really loved. I thought like all the side jokes uh, were really good. What about the guy from Terminator 2 who uh, plays his dad? Oh, uh, Robert Patrick? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that character <laughs> that character's obviously... Like What's super, his name? Like the White Grand Wizard or something? Yeah, it's some just KKK member basically. But yeah, I mean, obviously, not great. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the villain, and <laughs> it, it's not the most interesting. But it is like a really bad guy, so I guess it's, a, it's a good person for him to go up against because he is Peacemaker needs somebody that like is bad, yeah. bad, because you don't want it to be like, you know, because Peacemaker kind of fucks people up a little bit. Yeah, he's he's not really a hero. He, he's an anti-hero for sure. Yeah. So you really need to have like, oh, like this is a terrible person, which they really went for. But uh, yeah, not my favorite character performance of the year by any means. But in terms of the, the show, it, it does work. And we're getting that one guy as the bad guy of Guardians Ga- uh, Galaxy 3. Yeah, true. And you really like that one scene with him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the reveal, yeah. the reveal scene. It is good. Yeah, sure. Uh, overrated. <laughs> okay um shakuri aluji i believe is his name yeah we'll have to learn his name because guardians 3 is coming out this we've year. got a couple months but we'll do it yeah we'll have to figure it out it's kind of like um the guy in guardians one uh jaman hansu yeah. we had to learn his name too i don't so even think guys. that's right i think we might be saying it wrong still. no that's right jaman hansu shout out jaman he's probably listening because i'm his biggest fan so and then I do like his work in 2K. <laughs> true, true. I got one more superhero show, and it's The Boys what Season 3 that came out oh. this year, Cody. You're not on The Boys train, but... Uh, not yet. I okay. watched Season 1 and 2 basically as the third season was ending its premiere, so I was able to catch like the end right it was happening for Season 3. Mm. The show as a whole is really fantastic. The third season is by far the best of the three the character of Homelander as a villain, he kind of really takes a uh, Donald Trump turn in season three, which I know, you know, in some cases is overplayed and isn't funny. And it's like, can you really satirize this? But they do it in a really effective way, mostly because it's literally just like direct quotes. <laughs> they just like rip stuff he says <laughs> and that's it. And it kind of works for the character. But it is like the most accurate representation of like if superheroes were real. You know, when Disney, if, you know, Disney owned the superheroes and what fucking capitalism does to destroy people and, you know, money over people's livelihoods and lives. Um, so, yeah, people are fucked up. It's a fucked up show, but it's a good show. And uh, definitely check out The Boys. I think you would love it, Cody. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree. TV, I've kind of just been uh, rewatching some things for some reason. But, uh, yeah, that's. Again, I feel like I say this a lot, but that is on my list. I will get to it, hopefully, in 2023. Favorite 2022 TV shows in general, Cody? This is a tough one because, I I don't know, I feel like for TV, it's maybe been a little bit of a down year. Uh, People are more shifting, I feel like, to not making television as much. I don't know, at least like network stuff, I would say. 
it's not really mainstream these I days. I think 2021 was like a really strong year for like premiere. I mean, we, you and I just don't watch a lot of TV. You watch more than I do. Yeah. But like there is, I've heard, I know there is some good TV that's on. I think this was definitely a down year in comparison. Yeah. But there were, there were definitely a couple that I did want to shout out. First off, you know, again, I don't know uh, how legit this is, but I do want to shout out Survivor, uh, even though this year we did get a couple seasons. One of them was decent. Uh, the other one I, I really didn't like, so uh, I'll move on quickly. But uh, my pick <laughs> is going to be House of Dragon. Um, obviously, you know, continuing. Well, not really continuing. It is a prequel, but, you know, getting a bunch of new characters in this world who we kind of know. So it's a sequel in a sense, but obviously not. But uh, the first, like, five episodes, I think, are really, really good. And that's when you have, like, the younger actresses. Um, I thought they were the standouts. And then there's, you know, the casting change, which it did take a little bit of time to get into. I think earlier <laughs> in the year, I was kind of like, I don't even want to finish this series because they changed my favorite actress out of the show. <laughs> uh, but, like, it, the time jump is important. And... Um, I'm Jack for season two, basically the the finale episode, especially I think is really good, and it, it's just dope to see. I mean, dragons on screen. You can't argue against dragons, and in in Game of Thrones, that was kind of always on the back burner. So it's cool to see like them actually in the forefront. And uh, yeah, HBO wise, I would say that that's definitely the best thing they released TV wise this year. We obviously didn't watch White Lotus, so that's a miss Great. on our part i guess which was um, written by uh mike white of survivor fame and it, he's even inspired by events on survivor in season two so uh yeah it's super topical survivor wise obviously no succession this year that was 2021 so can't shut that out uh but euphoria season two was 2022 yeah. and that was an hbo show so i enjoyed that a lot really big fan there's definitely problems with it but zendaya is an incredible actress and one of my favorites survivor i i enjoy survivor just to watch survivor it's something it's like really the only thing that i come actively watching every week sometimes like live so you know mm -hmm. even if they weren't both great seasons it, it was two decent seasons of survivor that i watched mm -hmm. and talked about um but then uh the other one i got a shout out abbott elementary which is still like in its second season right now but i enjoyed the first season pretty well but i think the first half of the second season was very funny and really good and it's really hit its stride so uh if you want something that's still a comedy that's early seasons go check out abbott elementary because i think it might be around for a while and it's you know basically the office or parks and rec it's a mockumentary but in a philadelphia school so it's a cool setting yeah that mockumentary style i think uh it's super effective and for like that setting i, I think it's good too so Something I, I might check out in the future. One last shout TV-wise. This didn't come out this year, obviously. But The Wire is an outstanding <laughs> show. Haven't seen it out. But uh, yeah, obviously not released this year. But I wanted to throw that in too. Shout out Idris. Love that guy. All right. Idris for Bond. Favorite sports moment of 2022, Cody. What do you got for me? Oh, baby. This is right up my alley. Um, I'll tell you You don't what, get to talk sports a lot on the show. This is... No, I'm going to milk it a little bit, but uh, 2022 was a great year in sports. Uh, tons and tons of great moments. So if I miss it, you know, don't count it against me. But uh, to start off the year, I mean, obviously college basketball, March Madness season, 
the the first honorable mention I want to throw out there, Jay Nivey, game winner against Ohio State, fadeaway three-pointer, you know, stuck it for the win. Super, super fun. Um, and then continuing college basketball-wise, it was a great Final Four. Um, I mean, you had North Carolina and Duke squaring off, which is unbelievable. That's a Final Four game. Plus, it was Coach K's last game, and he loses to Carolina, so just so poetic. God, I love college basketball. Can't wait for March this year. Um, but then continuing on throughout the year, baseball actually had a you know kind of a, a resurgent year. I feel like a little bit. And uh, my favorite moment of the started year started with a lockout, ended yeah. pretty well. It was a start of the year, but come October, man, it, there were a lot of good series. My favorite moment: Bryce Harper, you know, sending the Phillies the World Series, basically on his back with an oppo shot uh, in the eighth inning. Iconic stuff. And uh, that in itself is is just so much fun. One of the more fun teams we've had, you know, in baseball the past few years. But obviously, obviously, my favorite moment of the year, just the World Cup as a whole. Um, I'm a massive soccer guy. And um, this may, like, I, it is recency bias. And obviously, you know, we're biased. But this possibly is the best World Cup of all time. It has the most goals scored of all time which is crazy. So we're, we're kind of coming into this attacking age of football, which, you know, I love, can't complain. And then we had, I think the best World Cup final of all time, you know, the showdown between the defending champs of France and, uh, you know, the old age battered, beaten down Argentina and Leo <laughs> Messi. And uh, 23-year-old, you know, new age <laughs> star yeah, Mbappe. The, the prodigy versus the sun. Just in an intense, you know, environment, and ends up being a three-three game, where Mbappe scores a hat trick, but France uses the penalties again. I mean, it, sports like this is just poetic, poetic stuff. And um, when it comes to football, I mean, it, it is the world's biggest sport, and Lionel Messi has probably gone down as, as the best player of all time. So it, it's an iconic moment. And, um, yeah, I don't think anything has been that this year. So that's definitely my pick. The World Cup was pretty solid. I'm not a big soccer fan. Definitely nowhere near as much as you are. And uh, I did watch the final, and I watched, I think, two other games, and they were all shootouts. So, if I mean, that tells you enough right there. There were some good games, like a lot of goals scored, a lot of close ones. If it's got to go to shootouts, you know it's it's fun. So, for me, this is obviously a big year and kind of growing as like a sports fan and that I took a job in sports media and I, you know, I work for major league baseball now. So that Bryce Harper game five NLCS home run probably hit even harder this year. Cause I'm pretty sure I was at work when it happened and like, I don't know, it's just, yeah, that was a huge thing for the game and the postseason was new and different this year. And I think it was really exciting and the Phillies run, like you said, they're a fun team. They're the underdogs, obviously didn't pull it out. But in that World Series, even beyond that, we had a game where there was like six home runs hit by the Phillies. And then the next game, they got no hit. Like crazy shit was happening yeah. all postseason. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was really cool uh, to experience. And then just kind of a personal one for me, I got to one of the games I worked for Purdue baseball back in the spring, Purdue IU game. It was 16 to 15. It was like a four hour fucking game. Uh, we got the win and I, you know, I got to work it. I was producing it, doing the graphics, got to make some special graphics about it being like the third highest game, third highest scoring game in our matchup history. Other ones in like 1920, some shit. Um, 
Jeff Brom was there, made a quick Jeff Brom graphic. Oh, Purdue, throw, throw the camera. It was a really, it was a fun broadcast. And it's something that I really enjoy. And while it's not what I'm doing now, it's something I can hope to do, you know, further in the future. So two, two solid memories there. Shout out to the Purdue baseball team. I believe, <laughs> I believe that during that game, you were not too happy because it was taking forever. And um, it was on the weekend or something. It, it was some sort of day where, uh, you know, we were bragging to hang out or something and you're stuck at baseball all day, but at least you saw a heck of a game. You so, weren't there, Cody. <laughs> Why would we be hanging out? <laughs> oh, I'm just making crap up. But I, I remember you telling me, like, dude, I'm stuck at this game. Oh, I think day. maybe and, I had an IM game or something anyway. I was trying to get to. <laughs> at the end of it, you're like, oh, that was probably the best game I've ever seen. So it was kind of mixed emotions, I think. <laughs> yeah, it all worked out in the end. Looking back with fondness. Let's talk our uh, favorite YouTube channels of 2022, Cody. What do you got for me? Yeah, so YouTube, I've not been um, as active, but there are still, you know, uh, channels that I, I'm i very, you know, religiously sus- subscribed to. We'll watch all the videos and stuff. Uh, first off, shout out John Boy. Uh, you know, still creating a lot of good content, a lot of baseball stuff, but just sports in general and one of the funnier guys out there. So shout out him. And then as well, I, is this YouTube? Is it kind of not really? But uh, I don't know if you know what this is, but uh, Guess Ike's Lunch. Do you know what that is? I mean, I've seen the TikTok videos. I always skip them. I, I despise them. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I, I definitely watch all their TikToks. They, they restarted a YouTube channel, so technically it counts. But uh, yeah, love that on TikTok. Probably the, the only thing on TikTok that I actually watch every day. But my my two uh, favorite YouTubers, movie wise, uh, is Dan Merle and Jeremy Johns. I believe about Jeremy Johns before in the past. But uh, those two guys, I mean, they're they're kind of my go to after you know, not like right after I watch a movie. I usually like to wait a couple of days and like process it, get my own review down, and then go see what they have to think about it. But Jeremy Johns, he's like he's kind of just like the average person in America. I would say if he likes a movie probably everyone else will will think it's okay but he has like very specific tastes and i always love his opinion on it and then dan merle is kind of like the critic in me so jeremy is like the fun guy in me and dan merle's more the critic i would say but uh both great you know producers of content and um both have probably around a male two male on youtube so not not the biggest but uh movie wise i i think they definitely know what they're talking about so those would definitely be my two those are great. Um, for me, I was going to also throw John Boy on there. Obviously, just a ton of great content. I really enjoy watching their GeoGuessr videos <laughs> beyond just the baseball <laughs> stuff. Uh, doing good stuff in the warehouse, though, too. Cool as well. Jersey City, New Jersey is where that's located. Yeah. Also, on top of that, watching some GeoGuessr, there's a channel called GeoWizard. He's just this, like, British dude that he originally was just doing GeoGuessr, but now he does some, like, adventuring, like, missions so he like kicked a soccer ball from one side of england to the other really well yeah well maybe okay. yeah he like kicked a soccer ball really far like for like 48 hours like basically did a marathon like a crazy distance he yeah. walked a straight line yeah. across britain he came to america and did some weird hitchhiking thing so yeah um i first started watching him because of his geoguesser videos but he also does a lot of cool like adventuring survival type videos as well gmm i've always enjoyed i i don't watch like that religiously every day in the same way that maybe i used to but i 
still like those two dudes and stay up to date on the content that they're creating over there, uh, Rhett and Link. And then probably my favorite YouTube channel that now Mina and I both watch uh, is, is Hive Mind. Is uh, you know just two dudes that kind of do play games. It's similar to GMN, but like in a younger sort of audience. But it's a lot of like music and rap themed type games. I think I showed you one video when we were hanging out one time. But yeah, those are definitely my uh, favorites of this year. Yeah, all good picks. All good picks. Favorite podcasts of twenty twenty two. Stand on the John Boy train. I do listen to the Talking Baseball podcast. Keep you up to date on uh, just everything going on in baseball. Um, Got to give big shouts to our boys at the Rough Cut Retrospective. Always enjoying yep. what they're doing. They're I really I don't watch a ton of uh, movie YouTube videos, but I listen to like a lot of movie podcasts, and they're always in the rotation. They switched it up after they hit 100 episodes this year and kind of changed their format a little bit. It's been really cool to see the stuff they're doing. I haven't been able to listen to as many re- episodes recently because. Like they did an Avatar Way of the Water episode and I'm going to wait until we do our episode before I listen to theirs. And then, you know, I think they just dropped their 2022 review yesterday and, you know, wanted to you know keep our insights fresh first, but they're doing incredible stuff. And I, I always love to listen to what they're doing. Yeah, agreed. That, that was uh, one I'm going to shout out as well. Something completely honest, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts anymore. I used to have like, I think six or seven in the rotation and it's come down to like uh, three or four pretty much. But uh, this is PMT, pardon my take. I, I definitely just listen to that. Shout out Big Cat. Shout out Billy Football, uh, PFT. <laughs> just a, a great crew and uh, a lot of fun. They, they always have just wild takes on sports. So that's always fun. And then sports world as well. Pat McAfee, I, I used to listen to pretty much, you know, whenever they would release. Uh, probably like every one out of four or five episodes now if something like crazy goes on in sports i'll get his insight on it but his kind of crew i don't think is you know as interesting as pmt so kind of falling off a little bit maybe get away from espn pat but uh yeah honestly when i was looking into my spotify um like rank and stuff the rough cut retrospective i think it was maybe other than cap because i just like to re-listen to what we're saying a little bit but uh, they're 100% my top uh, movie podcast. Uh, I love what they've done with their format, kind of going into, you know, their favorite movies, in a sense, uh, over the past couple months. Shout out the Prestige episode, which obviously we've covered as well, but so much fun going over that. And um, also, I mean, we, we appeared on the show again, which I think is a lot of fun. That Fantastic Four recast we did, I think that's one of the better episodes uh, of the year for them. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm joking, but definitely that, their best episode, um, the one we were on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of true. I, I thought that was a great episode. It was but, a good episode. Uh, just tons of fun. Shout out to those guys. Obviously, they're gonna be coming back on the show pretty quickly here. And we're and, gonna be uh, yeah, uh, yeah. we're gonna be doing a fantasy draft with them in a couple weeks. So stay Spoiler tuned for that. Twenty twenty three. We will be appearing in a few weeks on the show. But uh, if, if you haven't checked them out, I'm, I'm sure you have, if, if you know us, but if you haven't, 100%, you know, give them a look as well. A couple other shout outs for me, podcast wise, in tune with the GMN thing. They have their podcast, Ear Biscuits, that I always listen to, um, which is pretty solid. Just, you know, just two guys that have been friends for a really long time, always just, you know, talking about a different topic every week, kind of switching it up. It's it's very relaxed and um, they'll, they'll answer questions or they'll go down the rabbit hole of ideas. And some stuff we do is occasionally influenced by some of that. Movie-wise, beyond Rough Cut, the big picture is probably my favorite. 
it's the ringer, which does a ton of great podcasts. Um, but Sean Finnessy, Amanda Dobbins, those two are, you know, kind of my go-to two people that I always see for new movies and new releases and kind of what, what they think. Um, and then a new one that I've gotten into as of recently is a uh, blank check podcast or Griffin and new or Griffin and David presents blank check. I think I've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times recently, but cool show with uh, David Sims, who's an Atlantic staff writer, um, does their movie criticism at the Atlantic. And then Griffin Newman, who's an actor, he was in that draft day movie. He plays like the intern. You, you would probably recognize him if you saw him actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think he played like the squirrel in the new disenchanted movie. So he's like a part-time, <laughs> well, he's like a full-time actor, but he's in small roles. Squirrel. And it's, it's funny. I, I enjoy listening to, to their, uh, new show. They just did a great avatar episode and, um, nice. yeah, definitely one that I've gotten nice. into recently. Yeah. 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 That sounds fun. Now, favorite movies we've watched for the podcast this year. Um, this is kind of easy for me because literally um, like some of my favorite movies of all time we did this year. This is this was a big yeah. year for me. Um, my favorite, Catch Me If You Can, shout out, walking, as well as of course Moneyball, Goodwill Hunting. Shout out to Jake for doing that episode with us. Inception, shout out to Jacob Hughes. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, shout out to Jack. We, we had a ton of great guests, but like some of my favorite movies of all time in, uh, in those. Yeah, this, this category, you said it was easy. I mean, it was kind of difficult. It's kind of the same thing for me for this year. We did so many of my favorite movies. You mentioned a couple of them. Goodwill Haunting, Moneyball. Also, Catch Me If You Can. I mean, that probably is my one of my... Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to say that's my favorite of the year that we've done, just because I mean we picked it as the best movie that we, you know, <laughs> did this year, or just all time on cap. So I feel like it has to be up there. But also my personal favorites, Money Guardians Ball. of the Galaxy, yeah, The Prestige, Uncut Gems. We did Booksmart at the very beginning of the year. So tons of my picks. I, I really just went for my favorites uh, the past couple seasons. But uh, yeah. I I guess I'll I'll pick Catch Me If You Can as my favorite of the year, but yeah, any of those like ten I just mentioned, uh, I just love. So yeah, we did a lot of like great movies on the pod this past year. Yeah, I mean we we did a ton of episodes. I think we had done uh, only twenty nine in twenty twenty one, and this is now our eighty um, first episode. So I mean. Jesus. 52 episodes so there's uh been a lot in 2022 a lot of great movies catch me if you can is definitely my favorite though yeah i i think it would be my pick too but i mean yeah like i said any of those mentioned it, it, they're all honoraries to me listen to our ranking the 50 movies of cap episode that's a solid one if you want to hear some Which one? further insight was it was it moneyball oh number two was moneyball yeah and then was moonlight. it okay yeah Oh, Moonlight too, but that was obviously season one. But season one, yeah. Yeah, those are those are all great. Speaking of the uh, fifty some odd episodes we've done in twenty twenty two, what's your favorite episode of Cap? I mean, this is a tough one for sure for me. But what do you got, this Cody? Is, this is unbelievably hard. Um, a shout out to a couple off off the bat that public domain episode we just did. I really really liked. <laughs> so that that's definitely on my honoraries. And then as well, uh, it has to be on uh, you know here. My solo pod contact us uh, personally. I really like that one. And again, I, I think we for 2023, we're, we're going to have to revisit it. But 
I, I couldn't decide between two, so I'm going to pick two here. The first one is going to be the Annihilation episode. Just such a fun breakdown of a crazy movie. Uh, we we try and, you know, go through the plot. I think it's the only movie where we actually disagree on the plot, <laughs> which is so much fun. Uh, just a, a crazy, crazy movie and a, a really fun episode where we do have, like, opposing views, which I don't think really happens that much. But uh, my other one, I was scrolling through and I was just trying to, you know, figure out maybe I had the most fun on. And I think it was the battle for DeHart Street draft. Uh, you know, we do a lot of drafts. I think that was the most fun one we've done just because me and you, Corbin, we got to team up finally. We never get to team up. And we also killed everybody else. That was such a clear, that was probably the most obvious win <laughs> I think we've had in, in draft history. So uh, kind of the, the double down, you know, we finally got to team up and, and we killed them. So th- those would definitely be my favorite of the year. A lot of great episodes. Pinocchio is at the top of my list. It was an episode that I had been wanting wow, to do for no. a really long time. Technically, 2023 episode, though, right? Ooh, that is true, actually. It doesn't qualify. I don't so think I so. think we're going to have to, I mean, that'll be next year. We'll have to remember it. But uh, oh, it was very, fun. that episode was very akin to some early season two stuff we did, like the Rotten Tomatoes or the Jumping the Shark and Growing the Beard episodes. I want to do more of that type of stuff, like the explainer mixed with the review type of thing. Everything we did in May, our May Mania series was a ton of fun for me getting to kind of produce a little mini series like that. The one night, one pod episode that we recorded was great. Um, and the character draft as well that you mentioned was fantastic. Both of our our decade drafts, 90s and 80s, were a ton of fun. Just getting to bring in JD. JD, one of the better guests we've ever had on the show. Some individual episodes. Very knowledgeable. Yeah, great guy. Love, gonna have to have JD back again in 23. Um, and as well as getting to have Mino on for the 80s draft. Um, some individual movie episodes that we've done. The Wrong Missy with Emmy, Jurassic World with Sebasti, yep. um, Paul Blart with Ben Smith. Every episode we did with guests, <laughs> Truman Show and Trev. Like yeah. we've had a ton of great guests. I don't wanna, we've shouted them all out in the past, but like there's a ton of great ones, but those are a couple of my faves for sure. Absolutely. No, all good picks and like you said uh all great guests right and i i said this before we're recycling guests dude we've had so many good ones uh you guys are coming back so stay patient <laughs> for sure i said i didn't want to get too sad but we do have to reflect on how we can be better in the new year so cody what are our worst episodes <laughs> of cap in 2022 where did we fail yeah i should i really really like this because off the top of the episode we like we don't want to be negative but we're gonna be negative about ourselves that's, at the that's end. the important part of life. Um, yeah. <laughs> My least favorites. I have two picks, and um, I don't know if it has to do with the quality of the episodes. It's more about just what happened in it. So the first one is gonna be the battle of the podcast trivia with RCR, <laughs> just because we lost terribly. We did absolutely terrible at trivia. <laughs> So maybe you I know, expected more out of us. Yeah, I did too. And then to go hand in hand with that, uh, season four, episode seven, our individual one v one trivia matchup, which Mina was, you know, very gracious to host, and she was awesome on it. Absolutely. But uh, I lost that episode as well. So it was kind of, uh, you know, all the L's I took in 2022. Uh, we we just leave those in the past. We move forward. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the approach I took on this as uh, the worst episodes were the ones where I just lost in trivia competitions. But, uh, but I mean, good things came out of both. We got to watch Stalker from the first loss. And then I got to review Contact List for the second one. So kind of even like, 
even in the negativity, you know, positivity still came out. So that's cool. Not the worst punishment anyone could be subjected to for sure. More trivia coming in 2023. Definitely stay tuned for that. Definitely going to be having lots of fun. For me, I will talk some quality episode ones. I enjoyed the Christmas episode, but I'll admit the audio quality was just not great on my end. (laughs) That episode, it's got to be not even close. It is the shortest of all time. So that's got it going for it. But uh, yeah, quality wise, I'd probably agree. It's on on the bottom tier. It was, you know, a remote setup. What can you do? Um, Our 37 plus things to stream episode i think i just i dropped the ball a little bit i'll i'll, t- I'll take some honesty i i didn't do a great job in, in recommending stuff i had bad recommendations and i next time we do a streamer rex i'll come in with some better heat i'll say that yeah. i thought and, you had decent place, but well i appreciate that. that cody um and then uh quality of movie the morbius episode great april fool's episode bad episode of cap i would say probably <laughs> Yeah, probably the least amount of words ever in a cap episode. Probably the least that uh, even the Christmas movie one, which is wild. But uh, for the memes, I, I do like that episode. <laughs> well, that was our favorites, and I guess one least favorite of 2022. <laughs> As a whole, Cody, what do you think about 2022 and in, in movies and TV? And uh, maybe what are your thoughts for 2023? So give my little spiel on the year. 2022 was a really interesting one, I think. Uh, definitely one for the history books coming off, you know, just an insane 2021. Just uh, a crazy time to be, you know, a part of movies and a part of the world in general, I would say. But, uh, you know, coming off that craziness of, of the past two COVID years, it is kind of maybe, you know, getting back to normalcy, which I really like. And um, a great year in movies, honestly. I think much better than last. Obviously, tons of stuff is continuing to get pushed back because of, you know, COVID in, in the past couple of years. But I think this year has been monumental. And it really did, you know, kind of rebirth the industry as a whole. We talked about Top Gun. We talked about everything ever at all at once. And even in the Batman, those early releases, I think, in 2022 are the ones that will be remembered from this year. I think that says a lot just because they were coming almost out of nothing from COVID era, which is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, in... Uh, like I said, it's kind of just a fluid move into the next year. The movie industry, I think, it's low-key booming right now. And I love the direction it's going. Kind of there's a lot of changes, even in the comic book genre with DC, you know, kind of mixing it up. Finally, Marvel, eh, they say they're mixing it up. We'll see. But I'm kind of looking forward to the downfall of Marvel, which I think is coming in the next few years. So look out for that. I know uh, at the beginning of the year on the RCR, I even mentioned that this was going to be the year of DC, which is not that was a to be. great take. I'm making, yeah, I'm, I'm taking another bold prediction in five years. DC will be producing, you know, much better quality content than Marvel. I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit of a turn, but uh, yeah, movie wise, I mean, studio wise too, there's tons of changes that, that happen from bankruptcy and a little bit of blame from COVID, but you know, the rise of A24 and some of these other smaller studios really coming into the forefront. Hopefully that continues as well. But yeah, turn it off 2023. It looks to be another great year for movies. And uh, yeah, in, in general with Cap, we're, con- we're going to continue to, you know, keep bringing you guys content. Honestly, just very appreciative and, you know, really do, you know, enjoy making this stuff for you guys. We hope you love it too. And uh, yeah, we just love all of our supporters and 
and hopefully we can continue making this stuff for you. But uh, that's my spiel, man. Love everybody. Love you. Love our viewers. What, what do you think about movies and stuff in, in 2022, bud? I mean, I back everything you said. I am excited for 2023. Curious to see what's going to happen with Warner Brothers and DC as a whole. Yeah, obviously, this year you had the Scoob get can't Scoob sequel, Batgirl get canceled, tax write-offs yeah. after like being at least three quarters of the way done. I think Scoob was like done, done. And Batgirl was like, they were doing some reshoots and stuff, but projects just kind of ripped from artists and taken away. So no one can ever see or appreciate them. And that's a little bit sad. Luckily, I think movies are as a whole in a better place than Warner Brothers is. It's not reflective of the entire society. We're entering an interesting place of streamers where it's like every studio has their own streamer and for the most part outside of Sony, they're really just pushing to Netflix when they want to, but these streamers are really just kind of adding up to be cable. How do people pay for movies when streamers aren't necessarily the most profitable products? Disney obviously had some monetary issues as well this year. The box office though however is is booming to a certain degree avatar the way of water and top gun have proved that at least at the highest degree you can have movies like that you know paramount made babylon for 70 million or whatever dollars and it only made 10 well the good thing is paramount also made top gun maverick so they can use the billion and one and a half billion dollars it made and give some money to some filmmakers to continue making their passion projects and um babylon which we haven't really even talked about. You haven't seen, right? Um, it takes some big swings and it'll be interesting to see in the next 10 years if Babylon is, you know, a period or a comma in that kind of filmmaking. Um, so we will see. I'm excited for the future of movies. I'm excited to continue to see new movies in theaters. This year, I probably saw the most movies in theater. I saw probably more movies in theaters this year than I have in my entire life combined. I'm excited to continue to do that, to just watch new stuff, to experience old stuff. I don't know if I'm going to live in New Jersey or outside of New York City for the rest of my life, but I think I'll always remember this time as, you know, hopefully when I'm older, I can think back to like, you know, getting to travel to New York and see the New York Film Festival and um, get to see all these director Q&As and, you know, just kind of. I, I want to appreciate that now as well as, you know, appreciate it down the road. So 2023 should be fun. Cody, any uh, big goals for, for movie watching or in general in 2023? Personally, for me, I think this podcasting space is going to get bigger, maybe with some new shows. Maybe, I, I don't know. I think there's going to be some cool stuff to happen in 2023 here at, on the cap feed. Um, Absolutely. what about you? What do you, what do you want in 2023, Cody? I mean, cap wise, just continue to, to expand what we're doing. I think obviously always trying to prove that, that, that seems to be what we're doing season to season here. And obviously keep that up movie watching wise. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, I definitely want to push, you know, more and more theater experiences, more and more movies. And, um, I don't know. It's kind of been what I've been doing the past couple months. I've been trying to watch. A new movie every day obviously you know people are busy i'm busy you always got crap going on but just like sitting down for you know a couple hours and experiencing something new it i mean there's nothing like it and um it's something i want to continue to try and do more and more 
uh, really just watch as much, uh, you know, content as I can. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I think at the end of last year, I wanted to be a little bit more purposeful with the things I was watching. I think I did set 300 as a number I'd like to get to. I think I got officially 330 according to my letterbox there was a couple short films i watched like the five Groot shorts as well as the grogu short and then like maybe one or two oscar shorts so like in terms of feature length i want to say i was probably in like the 310 315 realm which is a good number i i would be okay with taking a step back a little bit as long as i'm being more purposeful like i said i want to see more international cinema and i want to see more old cinema the first step that i'm going to take to kind of continue the education though is my goal is to watch all best picture winners by the end of uh 2023 and and that's something that i think is achievable because there's about i think 90 of them so i can make that happen and i've, <laughs> and I've seen have like seen 10 already so have, have i seen, seen crash? crash i have not but i'll watch it yes. skip skip that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'll i will watch it though so screw you cody <laughs> well i do look for that review just because uh it's an interesting film but uh that's cool yeah get to watch the departed again too i mean you haven't seen shape of water we found that out last episode so yeah i, I think that's a great goal thank you all right well that was 2022 in review any final thoughts for the people cody no i, I don't think so you know like i said appreciate you guys you know continue reaching out but uh yeah really fun year in movies and hopefully we keep it going into the new year Excited to have you all as guests in 2023. If you're listening, let us know. Absolutely. Stay captain, folks. Peace. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.